0: hello and welcome back to movie film studios the only podcast where two wannabe film studio executives shamelessly take the best ideas from the latest hollywood trailers to create the half-baked blockbusters that you'd actually want to see
1: I'm Isaac and I'm AJ and this week we craft intricate puppets that come to life and run amok after they become embroiled in a hilarious case of identity creation to the chagrin of some legendary Los Angeles cops. But before we get into something new it's time for something pretty old as we check in on our last feature in Box Office Report.
0: I was going to say last week's release was the the Turner family Tarago but I think some eagle-eyed viewers may have noticed that despite the fact that it was released in... Uh, the episode, at least, was released in January 2024. Well, it was actually recorded back in October uh, 2019. Yeah. Um. But, you know, that's no reason we can't check in and see how that project went. We had a couple of issues there securing the Tarago itself.
1: Yeah, we did. Now, as anyone knows who grew up in Australia, the Tarago was the quintessential vehicle for families, particularly large families, because it is a people carrier. It seats about nine people. Um, it's efficient. It's affordable. It's great. Now... I put it into a classified ad to try and get a authentic secondhand Tarago I didn't want something that'd been manufactured by a prop department I didn't want Toyota to we, send us we, a brand you new one
0: are all about that authenticity in yeah our, absolutely in our films. like it has to feel I mean anyone who grew up with friends or family friends or actually had the Tarago itself remembers the feel of it remembers the yeah. look and feel yep. of that vehicle and you can't yeah, recreate that. Yeah, Had to be authentic. Yeah,
1: half the panels have come from other Taragos that aren't the same color. Yeah, mismatched doors. Perfect. Like, yeah, you could just mix and match. So I put an ad into the classifieds. Um, problem is though, it somehow got out that that classified ad had come from movie film studios and wasn't just a prospective buyer looking for a secondhand car. Once they found out that that was happening, some intrepid people put two and two together and realized that we were about to make a film starring the legendary Tarago. At that point, everything went haywire.
0: An artificially inflated economy. Now, I was just looking and I saw the Tarago was manufactured from 1983 to 2019. Yes. The exact year yeah. that we decide to turn the Tarago into... a a classic uh, film vehicle like the DeLorean and others that I can definitely name, (laughs) Uh, Toyota decides to stop manufacturing as well. So also creating an artificial scarcity of that vehicle. And you run into these problems, right? Where a vehicle gets to a certain age and it's, you know, either a, a, an antique or a classic. And there's all these reasons that, you know, depending on whether it's road legal or whatever, that it, that it gets reclassified. And mm-hmm. then you can sort of maybe justifiably see um, exponential spikes in its price. Yep. But there was just no reason for the
1: Tarago's price to spike right when we wanted to buy one. I just no, it, was, it was unbelievable. I remember you went to a couple of those classic car auctions. And usually they're filled with, you know, legitimate classic cars like... Um, you know, Aston Martins or old Jaguars or whatever. For some reason, the entire auction was just Toragos. Toragos going the for, prices
0: and and like in in crazy auctioneer bidding as well. I yep. bid and then someone else would just like outbid immediately. I, I genuinely feel there may have been reps in there from Toyota, <laughs> like doing ghost bidding to artificially inflate <laughs> the prices. It was just a nightmare.
1: See, then I had the idea that as part of this, we were like, right. Look, as much as I don't want to sell our integrity short as filmmakers, what if we do it as CGI? What if we do the Tarago purely as CGI, we'll put the actors into like a green shell of a car that only sort of moderately looks like it, and we'll just do it in post? Of course, couldn't do it. reason being is Toyota, in their craftiness, didn't want anyone that could actually design a CGI Tarago to exist in the world either. So they bought them all, bought all the CGI artists that could render a Tarago correctly and beautifully. They now work for Toyota. So th- that was it. Like when yeah. I, so we were faced with the decision of like, all right, well, do we keep it as a Tarago or do we actually try and get a different car? And I mean, it has been a five year protracted or four and a half year protracted mm.
0: battle, but we got there in the end. <laughs> And that is that is the official story. Yes,
1: it definitely had nothing to do with COVID, that's no, for sure. No, we're not mentioning
0: that. that. That is the official story as to why uh, there has been no episodes released in the last four and a half years.
1: To Toyota, I will say that, you know, there's no reason why the Turaga can't come back now. Like, production's finished, there's no scarcity anymore. Just Just bring it back. The people want it.
0: I mean, this is the thing, right? You know, they they stopped manufacturing back in 2019. Hmm. Um, obviously, we've all agreed that there's been some, you know, hiccups, some roadblocks. Yes. Um, they're, they're aware that, you know, we've obviously sorted out, they're, they're aware that this, you know, uh, movie tie-in ride, theme yes. park ride slash... Um, series of wacky adventures is is about to kick off, yes. so I think you know, Absolutely. maybe I they should fire up the the Tarago factories <laughs> or whatever. they they their made gets them back on the
1: streets. I'm imagining a smelter of some kind that they just come out fully formed. Do you remember when they re released the VW
0: Beetle in yes. like the early 2000s yeah. and it was kind of like the iMacification yes. of like you know, and it's like uh, it doesn't really have that classic look, but they're trying to like market yeah, it's it as a
1: kind of there as well. Yeah. It's sort of just you can maybe some fluorescent.
0: Lime Taragos, some pastely pink. We'll get some TikToker young tween girls to to like. I think I got Mandy Moore to put the the new VW in a in a music video, so maybe they can tie
1: in some stuff there. Maybe we can reboot Mandy Moore as part of our campaign for the new Tarago.
0: Look, you know, we are obviously very successful film studio executives, but we do have a lot of ideas that can work incredibly well with other industries. So hit us up, Toyota. Like,
1: you know, there's no reason we can't have a partnership. We get some uh, some kickbacks from that. I will say this as well. I'm not interested in. Bringing the Tarago back for some kind of Turner Family Tarago sequel where an evil future version of the Tarago comes back to battle our old uh, family-loved Tarago. Definitely not not a thing. We're not interested in not that. Not interested. Not interested. No, interested. Okay. No, no, no. This right. is purely bringing the Tarago back for being a Tarago. Alright, on to this week in trailers. And first up for this week, we have Stop Motion, directed by Robert Morgan and starring Ashlyn Franchousey, Stella Gonnett, and Tom York. Not the one from Radiohead. Such a morbid imagination. Bringing dead things... ...to life. Hey! She emerges from her
0: cave! Hello! When do you think you'll finish this film of yours?
1: I don't know. What's all that
0: stuff?
1: It's called stop-motion animation what do you think it's a bit boring it's not finished and it's not boring make a new one a new one yeah
0: i know a new, better story you want to hear it i have to say even the thumbnail on youtube of What's... of the of the picture of the little stop-motion doll before we mm. even watched the trailer just creeped me out It's yeah. it's like um, it's like a doll's face made of melted wax. Yeah, it's like the the eyes are misaligned. The mm-hmm. the it's
1: almost embryonic. It
0: is so very very creepy, mm. and the trailer really doesn't disappoint. Ba- based yeah. on the back of this incredible, like obviously one of the the most difficult things to come up with in in a horror film is that. Uh, original horror character. You have mm. a, a you know a few that have come out. Like Slender Man is one of those ones where, um, is a, is a recent example of a very creative and very sort of creepy, uh, horror film character. But this little stop motion doll is like mm. a really sort of up there with something that's just incredibly unsettling.
1: So to give some context, the whole premise of this story is we've got a woman who's making a stop motion short. Uh, in her house, she's kind of a bit of a loner or is very, like, obsessed with her work. Um, her niece, I think, visits a, one day. A, a some, small girl. Some child visits one day and queries, what are you doing? That looks boring. You should make a new film. And this little girl pitches uh, the the kind of idea of this very creepy... Um, the Ashman? The Ashman character, yeah. Something along those yeah. lines.
0: And, yeah, and then, then it becomes a psychological... Uh, expression of she the the lady who's making the stop motion can no longer di- distinguish the difference between reality mm. and the stop motion the character that she's brought to life through the stop motion sort of enters the world and starts following her around and she enters the world it. as a
1: full life-size version yeah. of that character as well in a very very creepy and, way and
0: then it sort of starts getting into her scraping her own oh, yeah. legs <laughs> yeah, with like with razor blades and then maybe yeah, that, that potentially thing. suggesting that she's also made out of the wax of the clay doll yeah. and it, it is uh very disturbing yes. uh, in a really a really interesting way yes.
1: is it was this an A24 this particular one wasn't but the director this is the director's first film first feature length film uh from uh, Robert Morgan who'd only done uh, shorts before that um the the thing about this is like the interesting thing about this and what I quite like about it is they've gone for something that, like, stop motion can look a little bit creepy just by virtue of how it's made. Um, and they've really leaned into that aesthetic with this one. Um, it's definitely no Wallace and Gromit, that's for sure. Um, Yeah, I,
0: I think they've done... There's, there's a whole bunch of, like, really interesting things that they've done in here uh, to create that sense of unease. Mm. Um, I think mining something like stop stop uh stop motion or stop frame animation hasn't been done in this way before. I Although agree. having said that, I do remember the the band Tool, I think one of the members <laughs> yep. of Tool studied stop frame animation yep. and all of their music videos, or at least a large chunk of their early ones, were this sort of creepy, surreal ah, stop yeah, frame yeah, stuff. Yeah. that they did. Very reminiscent of that. And when you said Tom York earlier, I'm yes. like, I assumed it was the Radiohead head Tom, Hawk, Tom York <laughs> and there was somehow sort of a LinkedIn with done, this. They've um, done
1: two stop motion music videos before and both of them, while not to the same level of like gory body horror that this film has, are sort of equally unsettling in, in various ways. Uh, so yes, definitely all the Tom Yorks of the world see it. <laughs> All of them. Um. Every single one. I do like... You know what I actually really like about this? I like that you can now make a horror film from just random production techniques.
0: Anything. Which I think, yeah. like,
1: surely... Surely that is the thing we need to take away from this. As much as, you know, the horror thing doesn't quite... Like, I'm not big on it. I'm it, it very is, scared It is not of my, my genre.
0: It, I, I think when we were watching that trailer, you could visibly see how upset I was getting <laughs> at certain points. I don't really have any intention of putting myself through no, that for, for the length of that. a feature film but you are right you can get literally, any, any like, production literally technique. pick anything yeah. and go what if this was a creepy horror film um <laughs> and so long as you got the talent behind it you can uh, you can it. definitely make it disturbing perfect
1: all right on to the next film in this week's episode which is ricky Stanicky directed by peter farrelly and starring zach efron john senna and william h macy
0: the Nicky, what up man are you serious Have someone call me when you get out of surgery, all right?
1: You should drive out there. Ricky's been there for you guys your whole lives.
0: The devil's in the details, my friend. (laughs) It worked! Atlantic City, here we come. What do we got? Ricky's cancer's back.
1: Why does it have to be cancer? Won't everybody get worried? Yeah. And
0: that's going to take us right into the World Series. Mm -hmm. Ricky Stinicki.
1: The the best friend we never had. Mm. My baby's going to be born six weeks early. I was born six weeks early. Oh, shit! I want to know where the hell you guys were tonight. We called every hospital and there was no record of a Ricky Stanicky. You know, all we did was tell one lie.
0: Hundreds and hundreds of times over many, many years. If the truth does come out, my marriage is over. What if we hire an actor to play Stanicky? I noticed when you uh, did the list of the actors there, you uh, didn't do, <laughs> you did, obviously you did the, the, um, the well-recognized names. Yes. I think the, the film is is basically about a a core group of uh, three friends who, uh, as a way of lying to their wives so they can go and do fun things like, you know, gambling in Vegas, have invented a friend, Ricky Mm Stenicki. And they just say, oh, you know, I think in this particular case, Ricky has got cancer, so they have to go and um, uh, take care of him. And they use that as an uh, an excuse for a weekend away. And then when it becomes clear that potentially they have made up this uh this character they're forced to hire in uh john cena to play the character john cena being a particularly unsuccessful he has a stage show where he does dirty sexual innu- innuendos yeah and then john cena uh worms his way into their lives and chaos ensues um the, the main group of friends, though, does does include uh, other people other than uh, than Zac Efron, but who are <laughs> <laughs> not, nowhere near as recognisable in terms of names. I have seen a, a, a few things that they've all been in mm. um, before, but uh, definitely Zac Efron and John Cena are the, are the big draw cards. I mean, I had to
1: do some name-dropping there, and I think that, like, name-dropping Peter Farrelly as well... You know what's interesting? I think that... It's interesting they didn't go from the uh, from the maker of or from the creator of because I think that you could have had a really long
0: list there and a really absurdly varied list. I they've, think so.
1: The Farrelly brothers
0: have sort of obviously starting out with the absurd comedies like Your Dumb and Dumber's and yes. something about Mary's and then Hal. Shall stuck, I, uh, stuck on you. Oh dear. Okay. All right. And then <laughs> and then
1: venturing into the green Oscar Academy Award winning Green <laughs> Green Book. Can you imagine as well if you'd only ever seen Green Book and thinking, hmm. Oh, I, like, I wonder what Peter Farrel. I, I like doing this. Dire-
0: Somehow you've thought I like this director. I'll explore the rest of their <laughs> filmography. It's a little bit like uh, who did um, who did Vice the Todd Phillips or even Joker. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like oh, I, I really liked joker maybe i'll go and see his early film (laughs) old school i wonder if that's also
1: a dark delving uh, dive into into um, uh, psychology and and yes um, and mental illness yeah sure absolutely um yeah it's interesting so peter farrelly obviously uh pivoting back to what he's known for which is a lot of i guess kind of gross out comedy which
0: screw uh, yeah this is very fish out of water ish right i i think it's yeah there's a, a number of films. The one that comes to mind is, do you remember the Martin Short film Clifford? Yes. Which uh, he, Clifford is, Martin Short is playing like a eight-year-old boy. Yeah. And it's a very much a, um, you've invited this chaotic force into your life. Yep. And at every turn, they're doing things to, to derail yeah, your reality, yeah. essentially. A little
1: bit Beetlejuice-esque, Beetlejuice-esque. as well.
0: Beetlejuice-esque. I think Melissa McCarthy played a lot of these roles in yep. something like Identity Thief with Jason Bateman. She's yeah. She's like, you know, criminal. And it's like, oh, yep. well, I'll take you into um our home and then you know or even the the bean movie right yes it's, it's yeah, a similar yeah. sort of per, premise. It's,
1: the premise is a uh, person that does not belong in situation goes into situation almost
0: like a you me and dupree <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's obviously been done a number of times before but there is that you know that, that chaotic energy that um, yeah it, although i think with um with uh clifford charles groban um just played that frustrated uh grumpy yeah you know, like he you know he was the dad in Beethoven he always played that sort of you know frustrated my life is you know yeah getting turned upside down these these things yep uh shouldn't be happening so there's the, yeah there's there's a lot of uh comedy gold in them them hills as mm-hmm. uh as as you can sort of see it's, it, and I do quite like uh Zach Efron he was in Ironclaw I think I'm not did Ironclaw get some Ooh. some Oscar noms recently the, the Oscar noms came out a couple of days ago so
1: uh good question
0: where yeah, just checked with the Academy. Zero <laughs> Academy Award nominations for Ironclaw. I felt like that had a bit of Oscar buzz to it, especially like, you know, Zac Efron um, playing outside type, I suppose. Mm, yeah. You know, he has a bit of a storied career. Well,
1: what is his type now?
0: I don't know. I think that he has been an actor who has been quite good at reinventing himself, obviously, starting mm. out in high school musical, trying to, you know, play this character who's both a jock and uh, someone who loves... Uh, musical theatre and then going I think Charlie St. Cloud and a few of those sort of rom-coms yep um, what was the I mean, Matt was Perry 13 going on 30 or whatever yeah
1: that? wasn't he in he was in a 17 um, again
0: sorry I think that was called
1: wasn't there another film where he was like a, wasn't he in Baywatch as well he was reboot? in Baywatch, Baywatch with, sure. the,
0: with uh, Dwayne johnson and uh <laughs> jason momoa and a few other people yeah he i think he ha- got into a i want to say a car crash or something recently and fractured his jaw and so um right. in the process of like you know rebuilding and restrengthening that his, his face kind of has a slightly different shape which has a much sort of the mark sp-
1: the mark hamill effect
0: yeah yes. the mark hamill effect where it has a sort of slightly squarer um boxier shape to it and but you so, know, uh, hang on.
1: you're telling me that as a result of a car accident he's even more handsome now
0: Uh, You know, there's a different type of handsome, but, yeah, he's definitely got that sort of uh, more um, G.I. Joe type... uh, Right, Rather than the, I don't know, the... He was very boyish, but
1: I suppose, you know, that just happens (laughs) as you grow older as well. So going back to Ricky Stinnicky for a second, I think the interesting thing about this is that we haven't had, like, a a comedy come out to cinema for quite a long time. Now, this has been released by Amazon um, and on Amazon Prime, but it is going... Two cinemas as well, I believe, the at some point. Studio comedy has
0: really fallen It's off. gone, yeah. There is still I think um the uh Anyone But You is a rom com mm-hmm. that uh Sidney Sweeney and Glenn Powell are the main characters on that sort of came out uh earlier this year, possibly possibly late last year. And that was probably one of the first cinematic release rom-coms in a really long time yeah. actually did quite well picked up a lot of steam okay. um had a very slow start but then sort of got, like i think you know word of mouth and a whole bunch of things yes it actually uh owed over 100 million dollars at the box office that's not which bad i'm i'm hoping is probably a good indication that the the studio comedy could
1: come back it could yeah and uh, I, I think the thing that's really going to sell this particular film i'm looking at the poster for it now and down the bottom of it sort of splayed across the characters is a big yellow warning saying warning an r-rated comedy like the old school dvds yeah there you go that's i mean that's it right there right like that has to be that is that is the draw
0: the draw card to to get people in going it's not you know it's not the teen comedy we haven't softened down the jokes
1: this isn't one of those like obscure like we have a message about the world comedies that's always a bit snide and a bit snipey and and so on you know this is this is
0: straight up hardball r-rated yep gross out yep um John Cena pees his pants <laughs> comedy and it's, it's what we've all been crying out for that's it, it. like <laughs> i do I do genuinely hope it does well because I would like to see a lot more studio comedies back it's in it's been theaters. a while yeah, yeah
1: yeah I miss the kind of, they were talking about rebooting The Naked Gun uh, for a long time and I believe that Liam Neeson is in that role so Interesting. at the moment as, um, as Frank Drebin for a while, it was um, Ed Helms. I think.
0: I think Ed Helms has a bit of a uh, Leslie Nielsen vibe to him. Obviously, Leslie Nielsen's most uh, iconic quality is his like stark white hair. <laughs> but if you give if you give that to Ed Helms, I can sort of see sure. that kind of working.
1: I think because he was in the um, National Lampoon yeah, the, Family Vacation reboot the whole, yeah, as um, um, playing the character that was made popular by Chevy Chase. Well, he wasn't. He was playing his son. Oh, so playing his son, yeah, right? yes. So, so
0: Chevy Chase still actually played Clark Griswold, and he played. Rusty, uh, it a, it a, so of it was the next generation. Yep. He'd grown up. Um, not a bad film, but no. you know, didn't really uh, work. They, they did another one. Um, speaking of rebooting Chevy Chase roles, uh, <laughs> Fletch Lives came out. All oh, um, right, yeah. Uh, no, it was a Fletch. Confess, Fletch. Sorry, right. Um, which was uh, a John Hamm played the role of of Fletch, uh, which is oh yeah, interesting. He, he brings a very different energy than yes. Chevy Chase does. But then you know, it's, it's always it's based on a, a series of books that had a very sort of different comedic energy. Mm. And obviously Chevy Chase brings his own thing. The, the John Han film was, uh, wasn't was too bad either. But I think, speaking of rebooting old <laughs> film series, uh, re- brings us quite nicely segue. Into, the, into the next film.
1: Yes, and our final film for this week's episode is Beverly Hills Cop Axel F. Directed by Mark Malloy and starring Eddie Murphy, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Judge Reinhold.
0: I almost admire you. Still on these streets,
1: running and cutting. I'm just amazed. Doesn't get to you. Run, 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 line, line, just and so hard that your head can't fix
0: Watch your ass out there, okay? I'm going to be fine. They love me at Beverly Hills. Detective Foley, you ever read your own five Shootouts. Start the piece. A lot. Please tell me you didn't get arrested again. Twice, but I broke out. I think I mentioned the word "lego sequel to you as we were watching this, and you yes. said you hadn't heard of it before. I hadn't, but I love it. it. It's definitely a term that has cropped up in the last four and a half years. I think, yep. obviously, it was, it's was been done forever. I mean you could apply that to our favorite film of all time, (laughs) Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, um, which is, you know, it's obviously a portmanteau of the words legacy and sequel. Mm -hmm. It's this idea that we're going to release a new film in the franchise, a good 20, 20, the, 20 uh, I can't remember. years, yeah. Uh,
1: Eighty four, I think, was the first Beverly Hills Cop. Somewhere what around was the there. third one, obviously the best one.
0: Uh, I would say probably in the late eighties, early nineties. I'm not hundred percent sure, mm-hmm. but that is, you know, thirty years later, you are rebooting a film franchise to try and capitalize on that nostalgia factor. I quite like the term Lego sequel. Yeah. Um, some of them do quite well, some of them do quite poorly. <clears throat> um, I di- was reading about uh this one Beverly Hills Cop uh, mm-hmm. Axel F that the <laughs> what, what number does that mean? <laughs> What does that
1: translate to? Uh, Roman numerals? It's
0: it's interesting, yeah. I mean, normally they try and um, uh, slam in some sort of uh, number in there, which is uh, Bad Boys for Life is one of those ones where... was Bad Boys for Life was actually technically three, right? So the fact that it's got (laughs) a number of four in there just makes it even more confusing. So I think the interesting thing with this one is the the director of this one, which is Mark Beloy, Mm -hmm. replaced uh, two directors... Yep. Who were
1: Brett, the, Brett Ratner, I believe, is one of them, right?
0: Uh, so, Adil El Abri and Bilal Fallah, Yes. Um, ...are Belgian directors, who actually did the bad boys for life Lego sequel mm. so mark malloy re- replaced the previous people who had were had previously their claim to fame was the the sequel they'd apparently um passed on this one mm-hmm. to focus on a different feature film batgirl
1: Ooh. Uh, and, and for <laughs> oh.
0: like, the batgirl has a bit of a, a a difficult history in that um the studio who did that just like they filmed it and then they just essentially shelved it. It's
1: it's unreleased. That unknown indie studio known as Warner Brothers. Warner
0: Brothers, yes. Um, Spent all the money making it, all the money shooting it, and then just decided, no, we don't even want to release this. Yeah, it was
1: a tax write-off for them. I mean, look, at least we released the Turner Family Torado after four years of contracted development. I'm like, it's a shame that... It's always a shame when films go in the vault and never get seen, for better or worse. Although, you know,
0: look... Maybe they did it for a reason. Would you have preferred that the Halle Berry Catwoman be released or have stayed in a vault? You know what it like, should
1: be? We should have, like, a prisoner swap system, like yeah. they do for, like, political prisoners.
0: All I can imagine is, like, Pierce Brosnan crossing the bridge in uh, whatever that... And
1: Die Another Day, Die another a film that day. also should have a prisoner swap for something better.
0: Uh, You know, it's, it's fine. Everything everything happens for a reason May, maybe one day in the future if uh, if people you know demand enough of a Snyder cut of Batgirl it might it might happen
1: um yeah but, but it has to be done by Zack Snyder yes like, uh, every
0: yeah. every Snyder cut uh every film that you know is critically badly received just a, a, release
1: the Snyder yeah. cut it'll be in black and white 4x3 aspect ratio and, and
0: for some reason everything is in super slow motion
1: yeah and 5 hours long slow motion within slow motion
0: so <laughs> someone one that out he has a um a new film out which is uh Rebel, and a,
1: Rebel Moon? In Rebel believe, Moon, yeah. original
0: sci-fi, and they were showing that there, there is slow motion within the slow motion. Wow. So, like, you and know...
1: They, are the people just watching, like, a slow motion monitor? And, I, and,
0: I have no idea why, but you see the, the people jump in the action sequence and then it slows down, and then, like, they're about to hit something and then it slows down <laughs> further, so it's, like, inception levels of slow-mo within ner- slow-mo. It's slow
1: motion inertia, right? Like, if you're yeah. leaping into slow motion, there's obviously that initial slow down and then when you actually get to the point it's slower again. It makes perfect sense. I think we have
0: deviated a little bit far (laughs) off the topic of um, Beverly Hills Cop Axel F. Uh, I think... The the two big features of the Beverly Hills Cops films mm. were that it was an action cop film, yep. and it had a fast talking, quick witted Eddie Murphy. Yes. tying everything together. Yep. This trailer gives me both of those things.
1: It does, and it, Judge Reinhold and, too. And,
0: and and they they've uh, managed to bring back characters. Uh, Paul.
1: Re- I don't. I think Paul Re- Reiser might have been in. He was in the second one. Possible. Yeah. Um, and. Possibly No, I think he was just in the second one. But then you've also got um, John Ashton, who plays Sergeant John Taggart, uh, who retired from the force in Beverly Hills Cop 3, which was in 1994. Okay, there you go. And he's returning to the role after 35 years. <laughs> From I mean, Beverly Hills Cop too.
0: I mean, even so they had the the shot there's a shot in the trailer where Judge Ryan Hold and his partner are sitting in the, the car. Yes. And that like it they have this nice witty The classic banter between and the it's, cops, and it's yep. sharp, they have good comedic timing. Yep. Um it look, you know, it feels like what you would want to see out of a Beverly Hills yeah, cop trailer.
1: I'm ready for it.
0: Who's to say what the film will actually be like, but it is it genuinely does feel like, like it has the energy that you'd want to see out of a, a Lego sequel like this.
1: So, in a weird way, the first Beverly Hills Cop film that I watched was Beverly Hills Cop 3, which traditionally is a, known as one of the worst. I did ones, that as well, but, but things, mainly because it, it was
0: labeled in my uh, as Beverly Hills Cop. So, oh, really? like whatever, whatever. <laughs> not to say that I pirated it, but whatever file I ended <laughs> sure. up with, yes, I thought I, I thought I was watching the first one. So, I'm not sure if you knew you were watching Beverly Hills Cop 3, I think I did. I watched Beverly Hills Cop three, thinking, thinking it was Beverly Hills oh, Cop right. one.
1: And were you just very disappointed I, no, with the I first to second one when they just didn't have the same tonal?
0: No, I mean, I liked Beverly Hills Cop three because they
1: okay, go they go yeah. to like some they go to a theme park, theme park yeah. at the end and there's he's got like a boombox that has a rocket launcher in it as well. It I was think.
0: it was genuinely fun. It was what yeah. I was expecting out of those films. I will agree that the the first film at least is slightly different quality tonally, but I would never saw a decrease a decrease in quality in yep. fact it was actually just an increase right yeah. you go from Beverly Hills Cop 3 going this is a perfectly this good film then it gets and, then better. Go, and it gets better from there I think you know <laughs> it's all about expectations and starting at the bottom and working your way up
1: make, only, only makes the experience even better and so we should only ever watch films that, are, that happen in a trilogy or in a sequence in the order that we think Yeah, let other quality.
0: people watch it first yeah. tell me which ones are the best and the worst and will so start order. in the worst and go from there
1: Yeah, perfect. Alright, those are the three films for this week's episode, but of course, before we can do anything with those, we're going to have to take a little walk over to the green room. Let's go And here we are, man, it's dingy in here it,
0: it is dusty, right? Mm. I, when I flicked on that light and bathed the room... It's supposed to bathe the room, the room in uh, green light so that all of our ideas, when birthed, are automatically green-lit. green greenlit. Yep. But that, that, I mean, bulb was a little bit, a bit dusty. Dustier. And it's more of like a car key, not really <laughs> the, the bright green light that we really wanted to... Soft green. ...to birth our ideas into.
1: Yeah. All right. To summarise the films for this week's episode, we have...
0: A creature horror film that's based on an artistic style slash medium. Mm, we also have... A fish out of water, R rated studio comedy. And finally we have A Lego sequel, action, adventure, comedy, police, fast talking. <laughs> Eddie Murphy's there. It's all fun. Let's yep. do all
1: right, it. good. I love it. Um, all right. As usual, we're gonna take bits and pieces from all of these fantastic films. Yeah. Let's give uh, let's figure out what our core film is gonna be. I
0: I mean when we were having our discussion the thing that i really wanted to see more of in cinemas Mm. were r-rated comedies (laughs) r-rated comedies i feel like the ricky stenicky yep just as a a core concept of let's get those films back in there yep um I, I think we can do that. I mean, there are some problems with... Tra- like, if we chose a legacy, sequel, we then have to acquire the rights to a yeah, film franchise? Yeah, look. I think we do an original concept, yep. R-rated. I mean, is there, a, is there a rating even more gross-out and absurd than R? I mean, R+. plus. Yeah, I think... Like oh,
1: Apple+.
0: The, the, the R rating is... I'd never realised it's different between Australia is, and yeah. the US. In, in Australia... R is sort of like eighteen plus, kind of general. Yep. Generally, has explicit sexual content. Mm-hmm. Um, it is sort of borderline triple X rating, <laughs> borderline pornographic. In yes. in um in the US, R is just kind of restricted mm-hmm. for you know a variety of reasons. You could have adult themes without explicit sexual content. So the- when I heard, I think Midnight Cowboy was the first R rated film to win an Academy Award, mm. and I watched it expecting to see. Like like a lot a lot more like <laughs> weird disturbing stuff and yep. I'm like oh this is just like this is more like an MA fifteen sort of yep. like film but you know I different, mean, different ratings in different in different uh, countries. I but.
1: really hate that you've put the Oscars in my head because now particularly given that um, uh, Ricky Stenicki was directed by Peter Farrelly who mm. did win they won Oscars for Green Book. Yep. Best,
0: best I mean, Picture, Best Original Screenplay, and now
1: you're talking about Midnight Cowboy being an R-rated film that won an Academy Award. I really think.
0: Are we going to be the first I, R-rated I, comedy?
1: Yeah, to, I think so. All right,
0: that, that's that's a pretty high bar to set. I mean, it's bad
1: I, enough trying to get a comedy nominated as an Academy <laughs> well, for I, an Academy Award.
0: I do think though, like I think what we mentioned when we with stop motion is trying to like draw upon just any, any weird. Pro- <laughs> Uh, artistic (laughs) production 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 creativity thing um, it'd be kind of kind of interesting or the other interesting thing is what if like the fish out of water who's coming in to disrupt people's lives is a horror creature (laughs) like what what would happen if like Slender Man (laughs) like just sort of like entered into the lives of three friends and just started like screwing things up do you want to
1: go like really meta so if we say that like it's a studio a film movie studio who's (laughs) making a slender man film right and they've got a an actor who's who's going really method with the slender man character okay
0: i like this i like the method i mean obviously our own original ip horror character yeah
1: and obviously it has to be played by daniel day lewis i don't care that he says he's retired we're getting him out of when you said method i
0: thought jared leto with uh, i mean look
1: you know i don't see why we can't put him in the film either as one of the friends
0: is it is that going to be two method is is a method actor playing a method actor <laughs> Do they cancel playing each other a out? horror character <laughs> just way too many like you know Inception I think levels it's the deep?
1: right level of challenge
0: <laughs> I mean honestly there is there is some interesting ideas in there where if, if like even if we're doing that in the film it's a method actor playing yeah. a method actor yeah. and then there's an, also a layer of reality yeah Part of the problem that the you know the the rest of the cast who play our regular crew that this yep. person is creating chaos yep. has to try and figure out a way of <laughs> snapping them out of it because maybe they have gone in way too way deep. too deep yeah
1: so are we are we are we pitching here an R rated comedy R rated horror comedy so
0: they are making a horror yes. film but we uh, the film is the making of that film which is an yep. R rated comedy. okay yes so a- and yeah. it is based okay, around yeah. yep. a a cast of... Maybe it is, you know, um, a cast of uh, friends who have been in films together before, yep. and they know each other, and they have this shorthand, and yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, our lives are so good, we're yep. in these movies, we're just like hanging out in set, Yep, and... Um, and it's like and
1: how Adam Sandler makes films.
0: It is. I mean, we... It is exactly like how Adam Sandler makes films. You have your Adam Sandler, you have your Kevin James, you have yeah. your David Spade, you have your Chris Rock. They, they all show up. They We put it in some you know location where it's really just an excuse to have a holiday. But this time they're making a creature film. Yeah. And there is a, a let's I don't know, let's say three friends, there is a fourth actor who comes in yep. to method play creature Culture horror. horror yep. And bringing that character into this scenario yep. actually starts creating turmoil in the lives like messing with
1: their lives a little bit like outside when the cameras stop rolling he never stops
0: exactly yeah and and, you know i don't know if we have a what if you know people actually get murdered in like whatever town that they're in (laughs) and they're not sure if (laughs) this this guy has gone way too method is suddenly actually murdering i mean is
1: this where if if murders come into it do we bring cops into it does it become I think so. A mystery at that point, I, too. I
0: think, you know, the that's that's interesting. We, we can put in some... Because fundamentally, the Beverly Hill cops films are a little bit murder mystery. yes yeah. you know, who killed it, why they killed them. So, yep. like, having that sort of, like, uh, police action-y um, bit in the background could yeah. actually sort of, like, tie everything together. I
1: really love this because I like the idea that, like, the cops that initially assigned to this case just think it's, like, another, like, oh, it's another Hollywood thing. These actors are always, like doing weird things they obviously know I think Jared Leto should play Jared Leto in our film so like and they've always had reports about like weird stuff that Jared Leto has done I don't
0: honestly can I just like I don't necessarily agree with a lot of the stuff that he's actually done in the real world (laughs) on sets to people correct I, I would prefer not to have whoever our three friends stars are in the in the film it might be funny if they if used condoms get mailed to them (laughs) i just don't want to put people through no i I don't i think it would be i think like obviously fundamentally we are making a comedy yep it would be funnier if we have someone like um adam driver doing an impression of jared leto like so and i i I should genuinely think like because if you if you watched any of the times that Adam Driver has hosted SNL, yep. his comic he's timing really good, yeah. is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I think he could play a Jared Leto type incredibly well. I think so. And he, <laughs> he does kind of have that Slender Man kind <laughs> of build to him. Um, yeah. there's, there's there's phenomenal interviews of like him getting, uh, you know, he's, he's doing the press tours. Like, uh, is it you know weird that you're a Hollywood star when your face looks like this? And he's just like. <laughs> it's it's just my face like what am i supposed to do about that and like he he's so such a professional i really enjoy
1: it he He, used to be in the military as well he was yeah Yeah. he was a
0: marine um so yeah i think i think him playing that kind of uh slightly unsettling horror creature um will be great but we're also casting someone where we know that their comic timing is in in such good
1: hands yep um, I like this. I like this a lot. All right. So, how should we set this up? Like, we, we basically set it up that we go straight onto the film set and we introduce the fact that they're shooting this horror film. Is that... Like, or well, do we have... It? Like, so the opening scenes of the film, it's like we're actually watching the horror film itself. It's kind of like um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You know how we a start off bit. like...
0: I think the issue with that is that with these fish out of water um, or the introductory of the, um, the chaotic force into people's lives, you do kind of need to establish the baseline the the reality of uh what their lives are like without the chao- chaotic element in there i don't know how you start on the production of a film where they haven't cast um uh you know the, the you want to do this yet. like
1: pre-casting as well
0: possibly okay. I, I mean i was possibly even thinking maybe it is it is them rapping on their previous film yep so it's, you know whatever whatever the you know um the the, the, the kind of ones that i have in mind are your um seth rogan james franco kind of yeah. you know stoner slacker comedy yeah maybe they rap on that and it's like oh look how great our lives are ching they the studio <laughs> gives us the check in the mail uh what are we doing now oh we, you know we're fi- flying to bulgaria to film that horror film yeah. that we've got lined up this is going to be easy it's a two-week shoot um uh, you know that there's, we Adam Driver's been cast as this. He, we've heard a, he's a professional. He's so good. Yeah, probably Oscar nominated for Ferrari. Maybe I'm not really <laughs> sure. I probably should have read those Oscar nominations a little bit more closely. Yeah, I know. those press then, releases are so long. So we start on that high where they've you know they've they finished yep. their their most recent um and then they they fly to Bulgaria or wherever these Eastern mm. Bloc countries are yep. that um. Uh, they they shoot Wait, all these you, <laughs> low you, budget horror films. We basically
1: just find a country where we don't have to do any set dressing whatsoever. Yeah, it's exactly. just sort of like that.
0: But you know, it still has to be a, a
1: like a you know you
0: know Bucharest and Sofia yep. and all these all yep. of these like you know
1: um, they're always just sh- shown on screen with, like grey skies. But they're, they're very
0: and... beautiful cities with oh, yeah. these like old architecture. So you know yep. maybe it's the you know you, I mean I I went to college with a guy who was um, uh, I think from uh, Romania and mm-hmm. he was saying don't go to um, Western Europe because it's also expensive there if you come to Eastern Europe it's just as beautiful and your money will go so much further I mean, and everyone will be so much more thankful for you being there so that's what we sort of draw upon the that's of
1: our studio isn't it
0: exactly this is, this is why you know movie film studios should be twinned with uh, um, <laughs> <We're> Moldova <laughs> somewhere like that where that Well, uh, you know
1: it's like you know how like uh, certain cities have like a sister city in a totally different exactly. country like that's what we well, need
0: having said that wasn't wasn't um uh ricky stenicky filmed in melbourne it was you know the, yeah. you just go to the places that have those those sweet lucrative deals where yep. they ju- they want you there they want you filming that's things that's it yeah um Tax uh, breaks. Th- a film that i mentioned earlier anyone but you was filmed in sydney there's mm-hmm. an upcoming the power rangers film uh, from 95 a- emily filmed Blunt in and sydney. ryan gosling's uh fall guys is, oh, yeah. is yep. set in sydney so you know th- there's lots of incentives to go Plenty,
1: yeah. on um keep it local
0: yeah i mean do we do we set it in do we do that uh instead of going to eastern Bloc country do we maybe bring it to australia
1: i mean that might help us find like an adam sandler-esque clique of people that just want to have a holiday it's, this is country. exactly
0: right i think it's, it's more holiday bait and then when we have the murder mystery thing and the detectives show up mm. it's a good excuse to start casting australian actors in oh, that yeah. in that role That's of it, being yeah, that um that that detective
1: type every character. single secondary character needs to be an australian yeah, exactly actor i mean
0: but you know when you see the clips of the movies they're all the americans because they're the actors but yeah. er, er, all the uh, the characters around them are uh, are local.
1: We'll definitely have two pages of like acting credits on the trailer. The first page is going to be all the American actors and the second (laughs) page will be all the Australian ones.
0: (laughs) Very off topic. I often found it weird the way in which the uh cast is uh arranged Mm. sometimes it's in order of appearance sometimes it's just like you know obviously there's there's a prominence in the film yeah prominence in the film sometimes it's alphabetical the the order of appearance is always weird when like the first person you see is like some news reporter who's giving all the (laughs) the stick about like the, the and it's like why is you know I don't know. Emma Thompson built first in I Am Legend, where yeah. she, she's only in it for like the first 30 seconds. That's probably because I mean,
1: I, there's also a four, like another category of that, which I would call aspirational billing, where you have a like an actor who has some prominence to their name. But it's not in the film for very long. But you kind of want them at the top because it just seems like they're. In. It's like um the Godzilla reboot that happened a few years back the where Brian um, Cranston. Brian Cranston was very prominently mentioned as like but one of the actors that's in that's the, the film. There's a difference.
0: There is a difference between marketing and then obviously title cards where each actor gets yeah. them, and some of them get the end and some of them get yeah. introducing yeah, but and you know or, or you know. Danny DeVito as the penguin whatever but like when you actually have the crawl going up the order in which they're there just (laughs) often doesn't make any sense to me it doesn't all
1: right that's it we digress we Um, are digressing quite a lot so (laughs) we're going to shoot it here it's going to be about a uh, a group of acting friends who are traveling to another country to shoot some like relatively large budget horror film with Adam Driver Adam Driver is going to be the horror creature in question but he is so method that he plays that horror creature when the cameras stop rolling. And then the film is going to be about how those three friends react to whatever Adam Driver is doing. So what is he going to do? Well, that I, is,
0: I, I think that there is a, a second meta-narrative yep. where in the real world, a murder or crime takes place, yep. <laughs> which is being investigated, and the three friends can't figure out whether Adam Driver actually oh, did it, the murder is
1: it going to be like a lookalike murder where like it is it, it is, yeah, it is okay. definitely
0: something that is uh so akin to what is happening in the yep. um in the story yep. that they question <laughs> like like possibly someone from the film set had to have done this because yep it is like you know the, so, the, so like, the details of this script are under yep. such like a and non-disclosure yep. that only someone from the film could have copycatted this yeah, murder i like that or you know there's
1: then you can do scenes where they're looking through the dailies of the stuff that they've shot and they're seeing the similarities between what they're seeing on the news and so on and so forth and then the cops are visiting the film set as well trying to figure yeah. out like is there actually a connection between what's happening in this film and what's happening in the real world how come the like security camera footage that they've got of, like, the actual murders taking place shows a shadowy figure that kind of looks like Adam Driver yeah. in costume. Interesting. It's, I You know, I like... I'm really liking this. Is
0: this a good idea? The the issue that I'm having is that... <laughs> it's not
1: very funny, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it will be, though. Like, it, it's kind of... I, I see it as being, like, um The Hangover. You have the Zach Galifianakis oh, yeah. yep. character in there. I think, you know, if you... We didn't watch it this week, but the, the Fall Guy um trailer is ryan gosling is a stuntman yep it was a stuntman in all these big hollywood films Yep, and then when the aliased hollywood actor turns up dead and Mm. uh he is then being pursued by um the russian mafia or whatever it happens to be and has to employ his um uh you know action sequence jumping off buildings kind of skills to get past it i kind of see like you know the the three friends are sort of like you know there is that element of uh the Beverly Hills Cop action sequences, where they're getting in over their head, yep. and Adam Driver is just being very um, stoic and not emotionally reacting to any of the things, and <laughs> they're not sure if he should be like you know very much like the Zach Gal- Galifianakis, where they don't really like him, but he's kind of along for the ride <laughs> as all this crazy stuff is happening. Yep, and yep. so I, I think you know there's a, a lot, a lot of uh, you know interesting things. One of the things that I think a lot of, ties a lot of these films together is the introduction of an organized crime element, Ooh. and I, th- I feel like. Uh, there is a lot of shady money going around yep. financing Hollywood films. Hey, hey not 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 No, no, no. I'm not saying anything about ours. Like you, no, no, no. Definitely not movie films. studios.
1: the shady indie ones, like Warner it, Brothers. Yeah, is.
0: exactly. <laughs> Warner Brothers, and this is probably like backgallered <laughs> up on the shelves because, like, ethically, they're just like, oh, a lot of this is <laughs> drug money. I'm not sure we can. Um, <laughs> Warner uh,
1: Brothers, we <laughs> apologise. <laughs> it's
0: not um, libel. Uh, yeah, we've heard. So we've heard. So we've heard. So um, maybe there is like this uh, organised crime element of the financing financing behind this horror film is from... Yeah, um, I like some it, sort yeah. of organised crime and so when the murders start showing up connected to the film maybe it has oh, more of yeah. a crime element to it and yep. then when they you know they're investigating <laughs> they sort of stick their foot in areas where they shouldn't necessarily be Um, and so and maybe that's why this you know this. See, I like thing this sort of too because
1: of- like to me the organised crime element is really creative because they have to wait for the dailies to be shot then they have to review them then they have to come up with a crime See, that I, I links w- it to I those dailies s-
0: I would suggest that uh, because it is like a, a money laundering thing, yep. some guy in the crime organisation just <laughs> wrote the script. Just like li- literally typed out whatever. Yeah, come to Australia yeah, and yeah. film it here. It's all really just some sort of yep. like money laundering thing. And so when, um, you know, people start showing up getting killed in yep. the same way that appear in the script, yep. it's because the
1: crime organisation I mean, wrote the script. I love this too, because there's a very famous story and I don't know how true it is, but there's a very famous story that the only reason that Bill Murray did the voice of Garfield for the like live action Garfield films is because it was written by someone with a surname Cohen and he confused it with the Cohen brothers.
0: That's so, like, there's precedent here. Exactly. So it's like, you know, the the Spielberg or a dr- <laughs> drug cartel in Melbourne or whatever it happens to be. In, me, in the same way that
1: films say from the, you know, Oscar-nominated director or Oscar-nominated or Oscar-winning writer of these films, like, that's exactly what's happened in this case. It's some criminal who has the same name as a famous author or a famous yeah, writer. exactly. And that's been enough to get these three friends... <laughs> To sign up for this film, it's very much against their type as well. They always do their gross out kind of like low budget slapstick comedies. And then this one comes out of nowhere and it's got this prominent name on it. It's got Adam Driver already cast. And they're just like, well, it's a done deal. We have to do it. Uh, And we get a free holiday to Australia as well. Um, So I I think this is beautiful. All right. I have two questions for you. Yes. The question one is... What are we going to do to make it a gross-out comedy? Oh,
0: right. Interesting. We've done and a lot of the the Beverly Hills Cop action, police have, thriller, yep. drug chase, probably some car horror, chase. We've got the
1: horror stuff covered as well. How do we make it gross-out?
0: I, I don't... I mean, I, it honestly is reminded me quite a lot of 21 Jump Street. Yep. Um, they do they do a lot of gross-out? It's kind of a little bit uh, sophomoric, like juvenile humour in that. Yep.
1: Um, there's... Is it a case of, like... I mean, are the murders or whatever happened, or the killings, are they just done in, like, humorously grotesque ways?
0: Possibly. So, was your second question there before we answer the first Okay, so one? my
1: second question is... We've put we've we've set a very lofty goal of trying to make this an Academy Award-winning film. Oh, as that's well. true as well.
0: Um, I, I was the, the I'm going to put a third dot point in there. In that uh, the stop motion was it, it picked out a very specific creative medium. Yes. Um, and I well, fi- I
1: think that we've got that in method acting.
0: Okay, so th- that's that's what we're going to so go that, for. That's
1: like it's a production technique or a, a something related to the the creation of a film. Um, that is not necessarily a subject of a film in its own right but has now been turned into It is into well one.
0: enough known. So maybe so one of the things that I've heard quite a lot about um, method acting is that it has a the stereotype of method acting is not really explicitly what the method yes. is. So either we lean really heavily into the stereotype <laughs> or we try and dispel the stereotype by actually oh. sort of showing what
1: the method, what method actually is yeah and that's how we win the academy award
0: i think so I, any honestly you look at la la land and anything mm. that sort of deals with the hollywood process oh, yeah, yeah for sure that is all like oh hollywood look how good you are and how meaningful Ooh. cinema is they'd throw oscars at that they'd garbage <laughs> so like i think yeah. i think we're going to attract the and, and we just need what? to hire like academy award winning directors um yep or I don't know at who the directors be. that
1: have the same name as Academy Award winning directors Oh, so, like, can look, we get wait, Peter but, Farrelly? He has one.
0: But the thing is, so we we need to we need two directors, right? We yep. need we need the person who's directing the film
1: and the actor that's the director and the
0: actor who's <laughs> directing the film. It, uh, the actor who's playing the director who's directing the film in the film in the film. Yeah. Okay. So like, there's. I mean, you could have it. You go super meta and have it both be the same person. I reckon so. Or at least who's the other fellow, Bobby Farrelly? Bobby Farrelly. So you have Peter Farrelly directing it. Yeah. Or, or we have you have Joel <laughs> Cohen directing the film but ethan cohen playing the director <laughs> in the film
1: i think that the academy of motion picture and arts has really gotten like the taste of the farrelly experience when they gave the oscar to green book so now we have got to get the second farrelly in there so i think that bobby farrelly needs to be interesting the so actor the actor director i'm gonna throw
0: this. one other spanner in the works yep i think lord miller yep did 21 jump street yep. maybe and I think they've also been Oscar nominated for the Spider-Man Across the Spider-House. yes. Which uses kind of like an animation style, uh, yep. like a combination of 2D and 3D yep. and cell shading yep. and screen printing and 24 <laughs> frames a second and 12 frames a second. Yep, yep. They're meshing this up. So we could possibly get, you know, uh, Lord to be the actual director, Miller to play the director, yep. and then introduce on top of the method acting thing, maybe... Some weird uh, in film stop, not not necessarily stop frame animation, but that kind of like animation style on uh, on, on top of the whole thing, just to Jeez. just to throw some more uh, more spaghetti at the wall.
1: I think this is the thing because I, I <laughs> and this might be our way into the Academy as well, because we don't necessarily need to win a specific Academy Award; we just need to win. A Academy and Award, and you know
0: what the most undercontested one every single B- year is best animated feature. Best animated feature.
1: <laughs> there is so much
0: garbage that gets nominated for animated feature. Like, how did uh, Sing Two get nominated for best Feature? Was it really that little competition? I think
1: it was. I mean, look, it's probably one of those years where neither Pixar nor Studio Ghibli released. A
0: but film. this is the thing: is like Pixar can shit out whatever it wants. <laughs> and it's definitely going to get Oscar nominated yeah like a, a year where like a Pixar film doesn't get Oscar nominated is just like oh just like there must have been <laughs> literally nothing else Finding else.
1: Dory came out this yeah,
0: year yeah look it's it's uh so virtually every single animated film ever made gets nominated for best
1: I, I think best that picture. like there is a much bigger chance of us getting a- a nominated for like are we, is this an animation now
0: maybe it is a, a Who Framed Roger Rabbit uh oh, um, like a hybrid thing. hybrid yeah, okay. so it gives us the excuse to still have the live action best friends yep it has the excuse to be shooting on um and you know what's even more hilarious is that we just have like uh, Adam Driver in a mocap suit. <laughs> so like when, when when everyone else just gets to wear regular clothes, oh, that's he, He's that's in it. the mocap so suit. So we don't
1: have to spend any money on like prosthetics or like costuming. No, he's in a green mocap suit.
0: I think they do it a bit differently nowadays. I think it's like usually like grey or grey like, and something black reflective with, like, checkered patterns and yeah. will we'll, yeah. like
1: we'll obviously we'll we'll do whatever the the uh, the industry industry standard. Yeah, um, spend no expense. I also think this solves the problem of how to do gross out stuff now um, as well, because as soon as you incorporate animated stuff in there, you can go nuts. Have you seen the like current run of Looney Tunes cartoons on HBO? No. Not only are they very good, they're generally more violent than the original <laughs> like 1950s Warner and, Brothers and cartoons. They and they, they were, were, were pretty violent. Yeah. Like, for the most part, the new stuff doesn't actually use guns, but f- somehow it's even more violent than the stuff that came in the 50s where they were just, like, shooting each other in the face. Because
0: that's interesting as well, right? Because if you had, let's say... Like a, a wily e. coyote type trying to like drop anvils and stuff on people in the real world. Yeah. It does genuinely become like a body horror thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you have this this you know Adam Driver cartoon character yep. who feels as though they can implement cartoon style.
1: Yeah. But like zaniness. Yeah. But
0: the, when the, that zaniness is performed, like say you have a a wooden mallet that's yep. the size of like you yep. know. Uh, and then they whack someone over the head. Well, the you know the head doesn't have like birds that are flying around it. It literally caves in and gets <laughs> smashed. So that's where we get our our horror from. And that's also why these crime scenes are so unique. Yeah. When like you know someone gets crushed by a grand piano or whatever, and you're like, well, this is weird this stuff doesn't happen in the real world this is (laughs) way too cartoony yeah maybe that's why we need to start investigating yeah
1: this is great i mean i don't know what the metrics are for winning best animated film in terms of how much animation needs to be in it we'll check the rules on that to Mm. make sure that we qualify but i like the idea that like adam driver because he's in the suit they give him props to interact with so that he knows you know he can act out the things that he's doing but they're always usually just made out of styrofoam and they don't look like the thing that he's actually meant to be doing in the context of the story. So if he's got a giant sledgehammer, usually it's just like a stick with some uh, styrofoam on the end of it, so that he can actually swing it. I like the idea that he's watching the um, computer monitor as well after the takes, and the computer monitor does the rudimentary like putting the character over the top of his motion capture data, so that they can see what it's going to look like yes, when it's finally done, r- real time. And he's watching it, and he's thinking that that's what he's actually doing on the set in the in the real world. So that when he goes out and sort of gets a real sledgehammer, he's just mimicking what he's seeing on the computer screen, where they've done their pre-visualization of what it's going to look like. Yeah, it all makes sense. It, it's all very good. It all very, makes very sense. Good. So, is the idea? So the idea is that the film that they're making inside this film is a animated horror film.
0: It is a. It is essentially imagine if Who Framed Roger Rabbit was right. okay. a, a, a horror creature murder. Yeah, film, perfect. As opposed to whatever actual which. There's a murder element. To a rabbit, isn't <laughs> I mean, there, there
1: is. Yeah. Like, um, it, it, but
0: yes. So it, it is. That's essentially what they're making.
1: Okay. Yes. Perfect. I love this. This is all beautiful. I, oh, think- I
0: would, before we wrap up. Yep. Like to cast. Yes. the Three friends. Yeah. That would be uh, nice. Obviously, we've got Adam Driver. Yeah. We've got, you know, that the, I would be nice to get Lord and Mira, uh, Miller. It would, but, you know, really any brother slash pair yep. of film directors where we can do <laughs> so the, the split. <laughs> we've
1: got, we've got Peter or Bobby Farrelly. Uh, well, Peter and Bobby Farrelly. We've Joel also got Nathan Joel Cohen. and Ethan Cohen, and I mean, Lord Miller and are they? They're not brothers, are no, they? No, Phil Lord and Phil Lord and and Miller. Chris Miller. Miller, yes. <laughs> Miller Light, um, uh,
0: yes. So uh, ideally, because we are going to maybe lean on the animation stuff, the the Lord Miller thing would be great. Yep. Um, but the the three friends, Well the three friends, yeah. Interestingly, so the, what I'm thinking, and I can't get out of my head, is. Um, John Cena was in um, the the Ricky Stenicki. He was in, a thing called Blockers, which I think we covered on this years and years ago, which had three parents. And I can only really remember John Cena and Leslie Mann. So, like, (laughs) Leslie Mann has been in there because she also shows up as as just being, like, token wife in all of those uh, Adam Sandler ones. It'd be nicer, you know, if she had that um, front and center. But I don't know if if that's, like, a good casting, whether... um, whether there's like a different vibe because you know Zach Efron is uh like I don't know like a little bit of a, that, that younger sort of higher energy um, we're just sort of here whereas I feel as though Leslie Mann's moved on to the same way that um Judd Apatow has started doing sort of yeah. more serious stuff where she's suddenly uh, more I think
1: know. I think we do need to bring in a little bit of a higher caliber talent as well because I really want to have like a, a stacked out alright so,
0: so we really want when we're doing our trailer yeah. and it's like you know uh, Academy Award nom- I'm sure Adam Driver has been Academy Award, Academy Award- nominated, nominated a yeah. number of times um, who else is up there? I mean, Emma Stone's been nominated a number yeah, of times I mean, she's,
1: she's definitely it- doing the weird and wacky stuff at the moment with um, poor things um, I kind of feel like everyone's just a bit too old right? we need
0: like a, a mm. younger generation of comedy stars yep like I mean obviously you have like Bradley Cooper and Ed Helms and all these people that did the hangover that like that's oh, like, like
1: their 50s now' I'll exactly
0: think. They're like it's 15 20 years too late yeah. you could maybe have like your Michael Sarah Jonah Hill yeah. um Christopher Mintz plus who sort of did the yep. super bad when they're younger and now mm-hmm. that they're, they're possibly older but none of them have really gone on to the careers where they're doing those types of films the other thing that I've just thought of as well is it meta enough that they're playing themselves is it like you know michael cera is playing michael cera mm-hmm. and we do it sort of that meta or are we doing like a tropic thunder where ben stiller is playing
1: <laughs> an and actor um i don't know i mean i kind of like the idea i mean <laughs> it's making me it's reminding me of Bowfinger, right where like yes. they attempt to shoot a film without like eddie murphy's character knowing that he's in the film yeah. at all. And I almost feel like we could do that if we just sort of uh, offer a free holiday it's, to...
0: It's interesting. It becomes a bit more mockumentary sort of like uh, an yeah. element to it. I think I think I do want the actors playing themselves okay. in, in a weird way. So Adam Driver is playing Adam Driver, yep, playing, playing a the animated monster. Mo-capped
1: monster. Yep. Um,
0: who is in that, uh, that zone of maybe like 25 to 35-year-old young star who could be part of this sort of like fake ensemble.
1: I don't want to say Tom Holland.
0: Tom Holland was our suggestion for all of these things <laughs> about 5 years ago.
1: Um okay, there's um uh Sydney Sweeney.
0: I I really like Sydney Sweeney. Yep. Um if if that's the the base level How I, about
1: uh Zoe Kravitz?
0: Zoe Kravitz is sort of like in there with yep. the same sort of thing. Um who would round out? So if we got Sydney Sweeney, we mm-hmm. have Zoe Kravitz. Yep. It, uh,
1: i don't I, mean, I don't want to say aubrey plaza she's probably a bit a too bit old, old now this,
0: i mean yep. and i don't want to be one of those studios that dismiss dismisses female <laughs> actresses the moment they get 35 <laughs> <laughs> so if madam web's coming out recently oh, yeah um i think there are three like uh dakota johnson plays like madam web yep. but there are three
1: oh, yeah, female yeah.
0: superhero stars yep. that are alongside her who are those three
1: allow me to contact the academy which is definitely not just wikipedia uh, we've got Dakota Johnson, Sydney Sweeney, yep. Celeste O'Connor, yep. Isabella Merced, yep. and Tahar Rahim.
0: Okay. All right. I I thought that one of them might have been Zoe Kravitz. Honestly,
1: so I think we just offer the role to Isabella or Tahar and just see which one of them accepts.
0: I think, you know, this is definitely one of those things where we're trying to establish that these uh, actors have been in films together previously. Yep. So why not pull yeah, it w- works. the cast from where they've actually Perfect. been together yep. recently? So yep. Uh, Dakota Johnson is not is the main character, but we're p- pulling the, the three other yep. um, uh, female actresses from Madam Web. Yep. And possibly even <laughs> suggesting in that opening sequence where they're cha-ching, cashing in our check, let's now go to that horror film.
1: <laughs> that they've come but off Madam Web. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. We'll, we'll
0: have to see okay, what, what we, legality what we do we is,
1: Well, there's no leg- legality. All we need to do is just have them coming off the set and behind them you can just see blowed out. It's just a lot of spider webs. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. It's just like, it's a funny, it's a funny little moment. Yeah. Scary movie would have
0: done it. Exactly. So. And, and we want people laughing at jokes. So (laughs) get the the jokes in as early as possible.
1: Spoken like a true executive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, And obviously the most difficult part of this every single episode is coming up with a name. (laughs) For this film. So, I mean, surely
1: it's just called method.
0: I definitely think the word method kind of needs to be in there. The method. The method? But lowercase
1: T for like the and make it, you know, just so it just feels a bit off. Mm. And you have to, okay, it has to be written the method, lowercase T with a full stop on the end.
0: And then is it colon, an (laughs) R-rated studio comedy?
1: (laughs) No, that, it, that comes down the bottom in a big, like, stamp, like, banner thing across the, like...
0: Because I was thinking something along, like, Method to the Madness, or, like, you know, Ooh. trying to, like, incorporate the fact... Because Method might... The, fil- the film... Hmm. There is obviously the horror film within the film, which I could not be bothered coming up with a name <laughs> with, considering how hard it is going to be. But the the But the, the studio comedy film that we're making, <laughs> that is kind of a little bit about... The method acting. I yeah. feel though it needs to be a bit more
1: method to the madness.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I actually, or is don't. it like there's well, method? There's to a, th- there's a method to the madness. Yeah. yeah, I think like a nice kind of like throwback to there's something about Mary. Oh, interesting. I there's I something even, about the method. Yeah, <laughs> there's method to the ba- madness. <laughs> yeah, there's method to that's really good. I, I like, really that.
0: like that. I like I like everything about All this. Right, I think
1: that's a wrap on there's method to the madness. There you go. Yeah, beautiful. We are
0: going to single-handedly revive. The- I mean, when we say single-handedly. <laughs> we're definitely building upon. I mean, other look, people.
1: we're helping Amazon at the very least to bring back that R-rated comedy banner. Yes, exactly. Posters. But I
0: mean, but definitely studio uh, <laughs> cinematic release get get people back in there interested in it. All. I will
1: remind you that the goal of this film was not only to be um, Oscar-winning, but for it to be a gross-out comedy.
0: Well, you know, there's people's heads getting splattered by hammers, <laughs> yep. and gross out as Pianos, much as yep. yeah, as yep. much as Anvers- John Cena peeing his own pants, <laughs> or uh, Ben Stiller using semen as hair gel. <laughs> you know, there's there's lots, there's lots of ways that you can do
1: this. So yeah, good point. Stuff. Good point. All right, time to wrap up this week's episode. Find us on moviefilmstudios.com dot com or dot net. They'll go to the. We got both center. of them. We've got both of them now. We've really. There is, we there, cashed in that Tarago money yeah
0: and, and got the dot com <laughs> <got> that expensive dot <laughs> com um, there is the Mufasa Wadeda the, uh, the back catalogue of our, all, all our previous episodes which you can uh, go through I think we've got even links to, to the trailers that we watched during yep. those films it's very strange going part, through that back catalogue and seeing trailers <laughs> that we watched and discussed and having absolutely no, no memory. recollection <laughs> of those films at all
1: Uh, yes yeah, so that's all available at moviefilmstudios.com give us a like on various social media platforms and listen to us on any podcasting platform that you choose to listen on. You'll
0: probably, I mean, if you have somehow managed to say subscribed for the last <laughs> four years with that episode, you probably noticed that uh, two weeks ago we had the uh, Notes from the Studio yep. uh, episode come out, which was me fulfilling the bet where I had to watch <laughs> Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and then you would have also noticed the the, the Turner family Tarago. Yep. Um, hopefully those of our subscribers that dropped off somehow hear about <laughs> us um just through the ether uh if not maybe just you remind your friends that we're they're back on the air the one thing that again we're, we're, i know we're wrapping up and i'm i'm throwing some spanners <laughs> in the works in that uh notes from the studio episode we mm. talked about how we were going to go see dial of destiny mm. and that we were anticipating that it could be an exciting new release in the Indiana Games <laughs> franchise and we were very excited I mean, we were to, right.
1: it was a new release it in was the a Indiana new release franchise.
0: I, uh and um yeah, didn't didn't really live up to that.
1: Might be that might be discussion for notes a d- a from different the studio. Notes to the studio. Uh, uh, episode I'm, two. I'm sure.
0: I mean, I think I feel as though if we're doing more notes from the studios, we should be making more bets, which people can fail. <laughs> and then after Dark Universe films not coming out for four years, we finally give in and go, all right, we're going to have to fulfill this end of the bet.
1: <laughs> we'll keep. We'll save that for future we'll episodes. Save. I think
0: all that remains is to thank you for listening. I've been Isaac, and I've been AJ. Roll credits.